I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 30 and preview of round 31. This episode is brought to you by the Ellis Halloween Shop, providing you with masks for hat tricks and treats. Uh, no, no, uh, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And just like many teams during this round 31, several of our usual co-hosts are on a bye this week. So tonight I'm joined only by injury expert Michael Denton. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hello, friend. <laughs> that was a bit of a Jason impersonation there. Well, I mean, he's on bye, but I'm kind of doing that like we think he's not on the team, but he's actually subbed in, you know, kind of an FC Dallas kind of vibe. Uh, getting yeah, or, or one of those, like, <laughs> celebrates with his jersey sort of things while, while he's not in his absence, right? One of one of those sort of situations. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Almiron, you know. Exactly. Oh, he's out for two in, weeks. In Let's homage. celebrate with his jersey. <laughs> in homage. Well, very nice. So well, this is a short round. Uh, Mike and I are going to just bring it to you. No, no special guests because Mike and I think we can handle it for this round. Uh, unfortunately, though, Mike, I think we have to talk about the previous round first so how'd your team do i mean i don't think we have to do anything i, I mean um, the people like it i well okay I, let, let me take the listeners on on a journey of ineptitude um you know every every year every fantasy year there's at least one week where you're like i you know going into it i don't have a bead on my transfers i don't really like feel comfortable and then like as soon as the game starts you're like of course that was going to happen. I'm an idiot. That was this week. Let me take you all through this um, journey of ineptitude. Okay. So I had Gonzalez Perez and Yotun. Okay. So th that was decent. Then Lee Wynn. Okay. Not bad. I had Tarbell as my keeper. Uh, I had Youngworth because I doubled up on San Jose because, I mean, surely no Akam, no Schweinsteiger. That's going to be a double clean sheet, right? I'm just watching them pour goals and just like, I am an idiot. Why did I pick like defense on a Chris Leach team? Then going forward, um, I'm watching Herrera and Alex Ring put Nacho Piatti into their pocket, being like, this is great for my real team and terrible for my fantasy team. Um, and Piatti was my captain, so... Um, then I doubled up on two teams, uh, Houston, um, because I'm a fantasy genius. I picked both Cubo and Alex for a grand total of seven points between them. And then I had Bradley Wright Phillips in question who got s rotated out the second game because Jesse Marsh maybe wants to get, uh, avoid losing in the playoffs by not making the playoffs. I have no idea. <laughs> so in an out of 11 picks, um, two were good. Win was competent, and the rest, I'm just like, I'm an idiot. That <laughs> that that was this week. So I ended up uh, all red arrows, 113 points, which, I mean, I guess wasn't as bad as it could have been <laughs> for a round rank of 4,000, but yeah. Ooh. No, I feel your pain, Mike. Uh, I ended up with 127 points. I was a little sneaky. I had Yotun as a switcheroo on my bench and so I, I ended the round with a hundred and I think several of my head to head players thought that they had me beat and then that happened. And uh, I still didn't get saved from all the red arrows. I have several of them, but I went up in a couple of my head to heads, went up in one of my classic leagues down in the overall back out of the top 100, which is a pain for me at this point in the year. Uh, but it came down, like you said, Mike, uh, a couple of things happened. It's it's that time of the season with MLS. I also went with Kleshin and BWP because I thought New York is on that bubble. They need these points. I guess not that badly because, yes, I had Kleshin <laughs> and BWP. Seven from Kleshin, okay. Would have liked better in a double game week, but okay. Uh, I was also like you, Montreal, right there on the bubble. Thought they'd really bring it. Did not see... 
did not see them dropping that that point at home, though looking back through their previous home results, kind of maybe should have seen that one coming, and then going and losing to Colorado on the road. <laughs> that was a double whammy with my captain, Piotti, as well. Uh, I did bring in Gonzalez Perez right to the last second because I was like, I really want him. Uh, and I brought Dwyer in, so that helped me out. But my three Houston defenders let me down the most. I had Machado, Leonardo, and Derek because I thought, yeah, uh, maybe they'll give up some to, to L.A., but they can hold off Minnesota. Nope, eh, wrong on both accounts. <laughs> so I lost out on some of those clean sheet points there, 127 points. Not not the best it could have been, but not the worst. Uh, still went up in my value. I'm, I'm at 119.1 right now, and like I said, 108 overall. But, Mike, the thing that both of us have to apologize for or at least have, an have some splaining to do is no one mentioned Ladero, and he was a point bonanza this round. So what is your reasoning behind his omission? Uh, mostly I just hate Seattle. Um, I just hate, you know, so just just know that, fans, I'm biased against your team. No. Um, I didn't pick Ladero because Seattle was on a, I think it was a six-game winless streak going into this match. Uh, Vancouver was on a, what, seven-game winning streak or um, undefeated streak. Uh, I think it's undefeated streak. But anyway, yeah, so, I mean, Seattle had, I mean, it was a home and away. Um, because the Cascadia Cup and Vancouver's had success against them in the past few fixtures. Um, and, I mean, Ladero, you know, he doesn't have Jordan Morris. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that that was the reasoning behind not being super high on Ladero. Uh, and, I mean, he they fell flat in the second game. He only Ladero only put up four points. I mean, it was really just him racking it up against Vancouver. Um, that that was the huge difference maker, you know, that goal scoring and two assists. <laughs> that was all he needed to be better than any of the players I picked. Yeah, 40-something <laughs> point um, captain, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I feel like I can at least defend why I didn't pick Ladero because I, I didn't think his fixtures were as good as some of the others. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, um, I mean, some of the others I picked, like Piotti had a home game and then a, a away game against a terrible team uh, in Colorado. Um, you know, some of the others I can, I mean, I think Red Bulls having DC at home is a better matchup than having Vancouver at home. Um, so, I mean, so, obviously. Do you like that, that bit of. Uh, smack going down there with DC being like, we're playing now to screw the Red Bulls. Do I like it? I love it. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, especially, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, the way the playoff picture is setting up, like, especially if New York City can clinch second before that, but even if they don't, I, I can go into decision today watching a bunch of fan bases that I hate um, have to fight for the playoff spot. So at least I know that like one fan base is going to melt down on Twitter when they don't get it. It's going to be glorious. Glorious. <laughs> oh, I mean, didn't my fantasy team any favors, but. You know. No, no, very true. No, I agree. Uh, same reasons for myself about Ladero. I'll throw in there as well that he had had four games in a row of just lackluster results. So, uh, but, you know, it happens. There's always those players who go under the radar and get overlooked because you think someone else is better. So if you captained him, awesome. If you had him, great. Uh, we're sorry. So, but let's talk about more, Mike. More things happened in in round thirty than than just that. So, some of the other notable games: uh, Atlanta fied has Atlanta Atlanta fied. That's a combination of Atlanta <laughs> qualified. It, they've Atlanta fied. They've qualified <laughs> for the Cup playoff. Uh, whatever Tata's been doing in this last few weeks, which has not been rotating people, uh, has paid <laughs> off. And and they've made it. We saw some limited rotations. This is the fantasy take from that game. Uh, Martinez didn't play full 90s. Do you think they're going to keep with this push now that they've made it? Or uh, do you think they'll slack off some? Rest. Uh, I, I don't think we've seen anything from Martino that suggests that he has any interest in rotating. I mean, he's been kind of putting out full blast teams. Uh, I think it's kind of insane. And we've seen the injuries to Almiron and then Garza. It's come at a cost for Atlanta. But, I mean, as long as they're putting up, you know, multi-goal wins, um, I, I don't think that he's going to change his approach. Uh, and, and now you're kind of actually putting yourself in a bind where you kind of have to go for it because you've run your team to the ground. Because if they don't make, you know, the second seed now, then they're getting another midweek game. 
and they haven't rested already. So you kind of have to at least get that by so you don't have that rest <laughs> or you so you can yeah. get that rest going in because otherwise you know you're gonna win and then yay we won we get to the semifinals and then you play new york city who hasn't had um a congested schedule really at all at least compared to that uh and had a bunch of players who have been sort of rested slash injured but anyway not a lot of minutes on their legs uh and i, I think that's going to be a situation atlanta is going to want to avoid uh if at all possible so uh, yeah, I, I think they're going full blast. I expect um, a full lineup. Uh, I think there's only one player that we heard that is getting a game off for Atlanta, and we'll talk about that in the injury section. But, yeah, I think they're going full blast. Uh, I, I think they have to at this point. And fortunately, the way this round's schedule works out, Atlanta does play that first game tomorrow if you're listening tonight on Monday and today if you're listening on Tuesday because uh, the games go from the 3rd to the 11th this week so since they play today tuesday tomorrow tuesday uh, they will have some time to rest but i I, you're you're right on mike they've just been going all out and they've got to get that buy spot now Uh, we've already talked about this some mike montreal drops two important games they're they're really at risk of falling out of uh, the playoffs i don't think they're going to make it Uh, and of course the ultimate piatti captain fail right there do you have any explanation for what is going on in montreal um, I don't have a great explanation for it other than maybe I think teams have kind of gotten more tape on how Piotti and Zmali have worked uh, and they've been able to <clears throat> counter it a little bit more. Uh, I mean, for the New York City game, they ran into Ring and Herrera and um, they pretty much just bossed him. Uh, I, I don't think Piotti was really all that relevant in that game because he was just absolutely shut down. I mean, it, and it, I, I think it's kind of the same in Colorado. You know, obviously, an early red card didn't help Montreal on that either. Um, you know, and Colorado isn't the easiest place to play no. when you're on short rest. Um, so I, I think that had a lot to do with it. But I mean, they just haven't been impressive in the stretch run. I mean, New York Red Bulls haven't won in like nine games, and the impact haven't made up ground. Uh, I think it's really disappointing. There's probably some big offseason changes coming from Montreal, but uh, it just doesn't seem like. Oh, and of course, they, they didn't have Jamali in the second game for the Colorado. That didn't help either. So, yeah, it just I, I think, you know, they, they had Jamali came in. There wasn't a whole lot there, and they had that partnership. But then in MLS, we, we've seen it so many times. You have that initial um, flourish, and then teams start learning what's going on, and they are, they're able to adjust. And, and Montreal hasn't had any answers to counter-adjust. Moving back to the Red Bulls for a second, we already talked about some of that unexpected rotation this past round. The only thing that makes sense to me to do that is that that the Red Bulls are banking on going hard this round and the next round with their last two home games of the season. They they had that home and away split in in this past round in 30, and now coming up around 31, we've got Vancouver at home. And then we go to next week to probably a little bit tougher game of Atlanta at home and finishing D.C. on the road. Does it make sense to you, Mike, that since we didn't see them go all out in round 30, that they have to go all out in 31 and 32 with resting in that final round so fantasy managers can expect maybe some of that consistency this week? Yeah, I mean, if if they're rotating now, the only reason is Jesse Morris wants to get to a golf course. Um, I'm I'm kind of flabbergasted that he – I mean, I, I sort of understand what he did, which is basically I'm not beating Toronto at home, so I'm resting my stars to go for this stretch run and maybe a playoff run. It's a little um, bit easier of a schedule now. It's a little bit easier of a schedule, but it's not an easy schedule. I mean, home against Atlanta, um, you know, at you have home against Vancouver. You know, it's a cross-country trip, but Vancouver's been playing very well. Um, home against Atlanta, who's been tearing up the league for the past month, and then – you know, you're going to go to RFK to play your rival who just, you know, got a draw from you. And, I mean, that's a, that's a big game for D.C. United. There's going to be a lot of emotions in that game, a lot of pressure for them to, to close out RFK with a win. And all of a sudden, you know, they've led all these other teams that they should have shut out long ago back into it. All of a sudden we're talking about Orlando, New England, teams that haven't been doing well. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're three points back. Uh, so, I mean, especially this week, they're, everyone who's available is playing, um, you know, obviously within 11 men, but, <laughs> um, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going A-plus because it, it, they need to shut it down this week. They need to get that, well, it's as of right now, six points, but MLS might have something to say about that in, in later on this week. Um, but, yeah, they, they need to get that distance. They need to try to shut it down and, and be done now because if they don't win this week and all of a sudden they just have a three-point or two-point lead on everyone else, the, the, it's going to be dicey. So you mentioned Orlando and New England, and that's what I'm talking about next. Six to one, Orlando City putting the smackdown on the Revolution, which is not really a result that we're surprised about with the Revolution on the road. But three names to point out to you, Mike, from the fantasy breakdown. Dom Dwyer has a few games in a row now where he's done well. Yotun talked about him last week. He is a midfielder classified as a defender, so big point putt potentials right there and then a name that's not been on the score sheet a lot or even in the starting 11 a lot comes up with a couple kaka yeah uh, let, let me start with your tune um any defender like him who's really like an attacking midfielder i mean it's just he's just gold i mean we'll, we'll probably i mean especially now with as much money as everyone has in the end of the year where that 8.4 price budget doesn't kill you um yeah we'll probably be talking about throwing him in at, on your team just regardless, because he has so much point point potential. Um, yeah, so I'm impressed by them. Um, for for Dom Dwyer, uh, I'm glad to see him coming around. It does seem to have come at the expense of Kyle Laren. I think Laren was on the bench for both games, um, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, to to start off. So it seems like they've convinced themselves that the Laren Dwyer partnership isn't going to work, or they're convinced that they're selling Laren. So I might as well just get Dom the minutes. Hey, if you're going to get snubbed by the national team, you might as well just rock it up when you're at your club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're going to sit and watch Jossie Zardes get call-ups instead of you, you know, might as well um, <laughs> score goals in Orlando. And, and that's what Dom did. I'm, I'm, I'm so annoyed. I had Kyle Laren, and then whenever he was on the bench, I dropped him for uh, Bradley Wright Phillips because, like, ah, I don't know if I want to go with Laren. And, boy, I paid for that this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, for Kaka, we haven't been seeing him starting and all – and but you know what really helps Kaka? Playing against 10 men. I don't know why New England has just lacked the discipline this year, but they keep getting these early red cards and keep getting smoked. I mean, this is the second six-goal game against them in three weeks now. Um, I'm not a soccer tactician, but I think getting early red cards is a bad idea. And not a tactician, but you think that playing with 11 men is better than not. I think so, because I think 11 is more than 10. I'm bad at math, but I think 11 is yeah, more than hard. 10. So I think it helps you mathematically to have more players and less. Just use your uh, Pythagorean theorem if you need to get that sorted out. Um, are, Houston, are you going to talk about the Pythagorean theorem? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that a week or two ago when that was going around. That was That's fantasy gold. Uh, that's amazing. If you all haven't seen that, just try to find that a football announcer just loses his mind referencing fantasy stuff and talks about the Pythagorean theorem. So uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun times. Um, Houston, though, also fun times. They had uh, some great scores, gave up goals, though. So I guess it started out fun, ended up not so much with that 3-3 that result that they had down there. Uh, but as we got from our intro, the, the I don't know if it's the second or the best donning of headgear after a goal uh, since – Kai Kamara back at Columbus put the hard hat on, um, but but that was quite a show by by Ellis. Do you think he's gone this week? But do you think Houston will be able to keep the scoring long enough to make the cut? Yeah, I mean they have a pretty decent schedule. I think they have two out of their three home games um, on excuse me at home, and I don't think their schedule is particularly. Uh, all that bad. I mean, they play Sporting Kansas City, which isn't an easy matchup uh, for them at, at any time because it's a, kind of a rivalry game. But they, they play Sporting Kansas City at home today, and then next time they play them away. So back to back yeah. with Sporting Kansas City, finish up at home against Chicago. Right. I mean, Chicago might be kind of wrapped up at that point. So um, I, I think they will be able to keep scoring. Um, what we've kind of seen is they're not able to keep people out of <laughs> their net, so they kind of have to to get it on the front foot. Um, but we, we just finished talking about rants, uh, the, the rant that Wilma Cabrera gave about the officiating after the LA Galaxy. Um, if, if there was like a fantasy manager position and like we could get like points for referee rant, rants, like he would have been an all-star. 
uh it was glory <laughs> uh, uh, next that there's a pun i've been wanting to to say since the show began or since since the games last week uh apparently toronto has no moro worries without geo ha. Ha, 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 ha. i'm sorry I, i'm so sorry everyone uh yeah that three goals for moro up there that hurt me <laughs> I, I loved it i, I loved it I loved it. No, three goals tomorrow. Completely <laughs> unexpected. If you had him on your team, good for you. Uh, I I think this just seals the deal. Toronto's got the shield. They they've got their first round by favorites to win the cup. Going over to five thirty eight, their thirty two percent chance of winning MLS Cup. For me, this really just kind of puts the nail in the coffin of any kind of fantasy potential for them for the rest of the season. Maybe go with with Vasquez moving forward. Maybe on a on a, a nice looking game though. They've got Montreal coming up in their next round, which is a big derby game for them. And then they finish away at Atlanta. So I mean, they don't need to do anything. So I don't think I feel the need to have Toronto in my lineup anymore. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I. I I mean, we'll have to see, but like, especially like this coming week, you know, when Bradley and Josie Altador probably have played two games for the national team, we might see some of them sit. Um, I, I think Toronto, since they've taken so much off, I think you might. I'm, I'm okay with having them on my fantasy team because I think they are going to play them. Um, I think they're going to take the opportunity to knock Montreal out. I, I don't think losing 5 3 to them left a good taste in their mouth. Plus, <laughs> this is the game where they actually are awarded the shield. Um, so then I think, you know, I know it's a way against Atlanta and obviously if there's any injuries, like I would not have Giovinco on my team from now on. I think he's out. Um, but for that Atlanta game, I think Toronto might want to make sure they get that, um, third seed. So I think Toronto might actually play just to at least put them in their place. You know what I mean? Cause the Atlanta's got all the high. So, um, I wouldn't like write them off completely because they've kind of already done their rest and might want to, you know, take that. All right. We don't like both of the teams were left left. Let's get some momentum going back into the playoffs. Um, so the next two, I'm just going to combine right together. Uh, we've got Nikolic who is finally back scoring again. And now we have Valeri who it, who's run, of goals has come to an end. Uh, Chicago, they've they've had that little rough spell that that they've been going through. Um, I guess the the wooden spoon is this what people have been been talking about for Chicago. But uh, they they got a spot now. Nicolet's heating up about the right time. Valeri's cooled off. Uh, I don't know. He's still right there for MVP of the season. Mike, uh, these two players have just been great this entire season. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it, it's good to see Nikolic um, scoring, although I wish he hadn't done it this week. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, th these two players have been really good. I mean, also, David Villa got back on the score sheet, uh, you know, got a beautiful ball from uh, Morales and controlled it perfectly and went around Lamson. And, and weirdly, Chicago fans were mad at their keeper for not saving a one-on-one -on -one with David Villa. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> it's one-on-one -on -one with David Villa. <laughs> Um, Let me just qualify. I said Nikolic great all year. He, of course, had those dry spots, but I think what he's done for this team is he's given them that hope that once he starts scoring again, we're going to be okay, and it's been reasonable. It's been a reasonable expert hope to be like, yeah, he can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think having getting Vincent back was big for them. He really, oh, Vincent yeah. really shored up their defensive line so they can kind of have the confidence to go forward more. I mean, for the first half, Chicago really uh, dominated New York City. Uh, they, they probably should have scored more, and then, you know, they, they get the quick, um, you know, goal scored against them, and then New York City was able to shut them down from there. But, uh, and I mean, Valeri, you know, he had a tough week this week on the road, but, I mean, he scored nine in a row, and he's done this all without Adi. I don't think we've talked about it on, you know, for fantasy. No, we haven't. How impressive that's been, because Adi, I think he's pretty much out until like playoff time now. Um, but I mean, for him to do it when he's really the only focus point of that attack uh, has really been really impressive. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I have sky blue glasses. You know, when it comes to the MVP race, but certainly Diego Valeri is a close second, if not the winner. 
Okay, and the final game that I'm going to mention, Mike, maybe we should have started with this. I don't know. I feel like wrapping up with something big is nice. Uh, but we have to talk about Orlando versus Dallas. Uh, this has big implications for the playoffs, big implications just for your fantasy team to think about who will be rotated, who will be rested. But uh, Paul Tenorio from 442 posted on Twitter a few hours ago that uh, there was a, a rule violation that Dallas had, for those of you who don't know. And uh, once a team has given the referees their starting lineup, they can't make a change to that lineup unless the player they change out isn't going to play at all. So what happened was they put they gave a lineup to the referees with Barrios starting, switched it to Tesho Akindele, and then they brought Barrios in at the 84th minute. So they put him into the 18 when he's supposed to be out of the entire game when you take him out of that starting lineup. It's against FIFA regulations. It's against MLS regulations as well. Seems pretty open and close, and the implications of this would mean that that game should be forfeited, and that would drop Dallas back down to 41 points, and we put Orlando City at 41 points, which just puts them two behind the New York Red Bulls. So big implications. Do What do you think is going to happen here, Mike? We were talking a little bit about this before the show started. Yeah, I mean, it's really going to depend. You know, the, the tweet for the lineup that FC Dallas put up clearly has Barrios in the original 11 and then has him getting subbed out for Akindeli. Um, I, I think there's some question of, well, is that the actual lineup that was submitted to the ref? Because obviously that's the one that counts your tweeted lineup isn't sure. held against you. Um, but I mean, other than that, that's open and shut. And I don't think MLS has a whole lot of wiggle room. You can't have players, you know, or CUNY coaches saying, oh, I've seen the lineup. Now I'm going to switch up my lineup. No, I mean, it, it's it's got to be a forfeit. I mean, that that's the rules. Um, and so I, I think, it, you know, it's tough, you know, big playoff implications for both conferences. Um, you know, if Orlando gets those two more points, they're within two of the New York Red Bulls right now. Um, suddenly that's a big difference. And we're talking Orlando making a playoff push, uh, you know, for Dallas, that's one more point less. I think that puts them below the red line or close, but I mean, anyway, I mean, there, there's so many teams that are so close in the West that one point can make a huge difference. I mean, we saw RSL get so excited about getting that point uh, against the galaxy, at this point and in that conference uh, around the red line, every single point matters. So um, now for fantasy implications, I think the bigger thing is Orlando might start thinking like they've got a shot. You know, if, yeah. if there are two points and then New York Red Bulls doesn't get the three points at home this coming week, or Orlando's going to gonna give it a go. <laughs> you know, I mean, only two points back and Red Bulls don't have the easiest of schedules. Give it a shot. Get get your fans the first playoff berth, so you don't have to deal with New York City fans making fun of you every year that you don't make the playoffs. Definitely. All right. Well, Mike, that's all the games that I had lined up to talk about, which was a good chunk of them. But there were a lot of games in this past round, the last big double game week of the season. Anything else that you want to mention before we go on? Uh, I think that that was pretty much it. A lot of highlights. Started out big, ended up kind of with some much more clean sheets and 1-1 games, but uh, it's a great, a great week of soccer. Moving on to our housekeeping section now. Round 31, as we have already mentioned, starts on Tuesday, today or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to the show, October 3rd at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So Tuesday, early start. This is because of some double game week switching around, some international call-ups, just whatever the reasons are, hashtag because MLS. We're starting on a Tuesday, goes through October 11th, so about a week and a half game round this time. So enjoy that. Enjoy the international call-ups. There are two teams on a double. Last double, last buy of the, of the season. Those teams are Minnesota with a home and an away split, and then Sporting Kansas City with two away games. So international, or not international, a double away game. We do also have international call-ups, uh, which... Mike, I'm sure you're going to deal with that later. Uh, please do check those out. I get the full picture. I know Mike's going to hit the highlights. The teams playing this week are impacted by that. Not everybody is, but these teams definitely have some that will need to factor into your uh, your plans. And then, of course, Patreon. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everyone who's been on the show this season, who's donated this season, who joined us in the live chats. Uh, very excited to start sending out the scarves, the head-to-head -head battles in the league are getting intense. 
Uh, it's It's been a fun year of seeing Patreon grow, a fun year for the podcast in general, and a year of learning. Um, I definitely want to make some changes to how we interact with you all, how we reward you all, and I want to hear from you what you want that to be. So feel free to email me, feel free to respond on the show. I'm also going to have a survey in the coming weeks to, to get that feedback from you. So we want to make the rewards that you get from our show worthwhile for the very generous donations that you all make. Thank you so much for doing that. For those of you who don't know by now, uh, Patreon is a way that the listeners of our show can give back to us to help us cover some of the fees that we do have, the hosting fees for the website, the hosting fees for our podcast, and uh, the money that we use to fund the prizes that we give right back to our listeners, the mugs, the stickers, the scarves, and maybe other things if you guys have some more feedback of what you may want to have. It, it all goes back into the show, all goes back out to you, and I could not be more just happy and and touched by what you all do for us. If you would like to get in on that, you can go over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Uh, and don't forget, we do have scarves. They look awesome. <laughs> and Mike, now it's just down to the injury report. All you. Okay, well, first of all, most of these players are going to miss the entire double game week. So there's only one exception to that, but for the most part, assume that they're gone the whole week. Atlanta, Guzan, and Martinez. Minnesota, Boxall, and Venegas. Now here's the exception. Molina and Calvo were also called up by Trinidad and Tobago and Costa Rica, respectively. However, Meg Ryan, reporter for the Minnesota Star Tribune, tells me that they should be available for the game against Atlanta. Obviously, we'll get that lineup to double-check tomorrow slash today because it's Tuesday. Um, but yeah, ch check that one. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy as to why they're being allowed to play this game. I don't, it's not like Minnesota has anything to play for, but keep, keep an eye on that. As of right now, the word is that they're available, but they should miss the second half of the double game week. For the Red Bulls, uh, they're missing Etienne, Murillo, and Escobar. For the Rapids, they're missing Timmy Howard and Mikael Williams. For FC Dallas, Kellen Acosta and Figueroa. For Sporting Kansas City, they've got five of them. Beasler, Fellhaber, Mustavar, uh, Musa, and Zusi. For Vancouver, uh, not too many. Mar Marinovic, Bolaños, and Waston. Um, no yellow card accumulations that I could see causing any suspensions um, for any of the double game week teams. Um, the only one that I saw that is going to be suspended for these guys is Watts. Um, I, I don't know if there's going to be anyone who's going to be added to the yellow card warning. Um, based on what I looked at today, it didn't seem like the teams that were involved in looking closely got a whole lot of yellow, so you should be pretty good. Um, now, also for Atlanta, Garza is out with his injury. Um, Walks is being given the day off. He is not being injured. Thank you, Atlanta fans, for making sure that I knew that, even though I tweeted it from an MLS injury news account. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Um, kind of some other injury news that um, will affect next week, but not this week. Uh, Savarino reportedly has a sprained ankle and a possible internal collateral ligament injury, which makes it sound like he's out for the rest of the year. Um, Azira is. Um, day-to-day -day with a sore ankle per the burgundy wave and then michael delu is out for the season for the fire with a ruptured left acl so um that's the the injuries as far as i, I try to keep it as mostly to this week and you know we'll deal with who's out next week next week but um that that's what we're looking at um for this week great thank you so much mike for that um, moving especially that atlanta news very important yeah, and I do apologize to Atlanta fans, uh, um, you know, for tweeting that Walks is out and not making it clear that he was not injured. Um, you know, in the offseason, I'll try to change my name to MLS Injury Rotation International Call-Up Suspension, and Tata Martino gives players a break news. But uh, we'll make that change in the offseason. So you're going to get that that special 280 characters and name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use all those characters in my name. Absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect. Okay, let's move on to round 31. Uh, it's going to be a game-by-game -game preview this week, everyone. There are only five games, so Mike and I are going to talk about each one and try to give you as best of a breakdown as we can. Starting out, though, Mike, we have a quick 
Reddit question. I think we could probably answer this with a yes or a no unless we want to go on. Uh, but just first thoughts before we break it down, does this look like a round for eight double game week players? No. I'm, you, I mean, you can kind of get close. I have seven right now. Um, I, I think I think you might have gotten eight if Benny Failhaber hadn't been called up. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it more in Sporting Kansas City and, and a little bit when we talk about Minnesota right now. Um, but, I mean, these are teams that don't have a whole lot of great options. So I, I think the the matchups for New York at home um, is, is decent enough that you're going to want to have some Red Bull coverage. So I, I think I have I have less than eight this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's an eight-player double game week. You can. I mean, they've got some good shots, but I think there's some risks that go along with that as well, especially since the bench for both of the teams isn't necessarily as deep due to call-ups. I have six right now. So and one of them is a switcheroo. So that may that may change. I don't think this is necessarily an eight double game week player must have kind of a round. Mike, you already talked about Atlanta. Just kick us off then with Atlanta, Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, th- this is was, was six one in week two of the season. Uh, now they won't have Almiron. They won't have Walks or Garza uh, or, or Martinez, as we just talked about. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to kind of think that Minnesota is not going to get a whole lot of points scored against them. Um, Minnesota's defense has been better, but they're still conceding goals. Um, I, I think, you know, it, we, something we haven't talked about with all the goals Atlanta's put up is just how good they've been on the def- defensive end. Um, two shutouts this past uh, week, Big Gonzalez Perez, you know, one of the best uh, defenders in the game. I, I think he's a good option this week. Uh, you know, the defenders are pretty good. Uh, as far as attacking players, uh, Villalba uh, is, a, is a good option. And, and then, you know, Gressel, I think he's 4.4. Um, obviously a good cheap midfielder option, especially if you're not as convinced on uh, some of the double game week midfielders. So, I mean, I, I would suspect that Atlanta wins this one. Obviously, the the caution is this is the third double game week they've had in a row. Um, I, I do think Minnesota is going to come a little motivated to to get some payback for that six one beating, um, and, and Minnesota if they keep disciplined and you know say we're not going to attack, we're just going to try to counter. I think they can cause Atlanta some problems, but I, I would suspect a two one two nothing victory for Atlanta in this one. Uh, I just don't think Minnesota is is going to have enough. Yeah, I think something similar. I'm thinking maybe a 3-1. I think Minnesota may be able to hang back and get something off a counter, mostly because Brad Guzan has been called up and uh, Khan is still listed as injured. So Atlanta could be on their third string goalkeeper. Um, I'm not sure who it would be. Maybe uh, Renish, but but I think that yeah, I think could that's who it is. Minnesota a chance maybe for a counterattacking goal since they still have some offensive threat. They are missing, I think, their starting center back choices. So definitely yeah. goals for Atlanta. I think three. Well, if, if they have Calvo, they'll have one of them. I mean, they'll, they'll be missing okay. the other one. But, I mean, they'll at least have Calvo, who's been, you know, if you look at, you know, games that Calvo's missed compared to what Minnesota's done, he's been the linchpin. You know, um, they're much better with Calvo. Um, so that does make a difference as far as Atlanta's offense capabilities if Calvo is no. in fact playing. But of course, we know Atlanta's clinched the, their spot. Minnesota has a one percent chance of still making the playoffs if they win every game and other teams lose games that would be beneficial for them. So pretty much not going to happen. This is their last hurrah. I think some of their players are still going to want to come out there, though. Um, their core midfield is intact. So I, I think they'll be able to get some of that. Finlay, Ibsen, Ramirez, I think those guys are, are good fantasy standouts. Mike's already talked about some of the good uh, Atlanta options, Viaba, Assad, Gonzalez Perez, those, those sorts of people. Um, I think there's good points in this game, and uh, I think Atlanta players and Minnesota players are definitely in play for, for the picks that people have. So let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Did you have something to add? No, I was just, just going to agree with you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, New York versus Vancouver. Mike, what do you think about that one? Oh, Mike dropped real quick. So I'll start out with this one. Uh, so New York versus Vancouver. Uh, I, I, my score prediction for New York Vancouver is going to be two to one. New York does have a 95% chance 
of making the playoffs. Of course, as we've already kind of alluded before, that 95% chance, it, it's must-win territory for the Red Bulls. They have to get this game. Vancouver has clinched it, so they're still going to try to want to protect that by this this week. I've, I've sort of titled on some of my notes uh, how the West was won because there's a lot riding on this round itself for how that's going to turn up. So Vancouver's still playing for for some of that preferable preferential. Uh, I'm losing the words, Mike. Words are hard. Math is hard. <laughs> words they, are hard. Their preference, their favored position, whatever it is. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an important game for them. Um, I mean, they just had a big win at Sporting Kansas City. Um, they have a decent shot at getting the, you know, a buy. But I mean, in order to do that, they're going to have to show that they can do it on the road. You know, at Sporting Kansas City is a start. But, you know, you're facing a struggling Red Bulls team. This is going to be another important game for them. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they can do. Now, I mean, on paper, I, I have. I, you know, I always hate saying this, but it's hard for me to, to not give the edge to the Red Bulls. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of international absences that's going to weaken their team or make it kind of funky to figure out who's going to be good. They should have everyone. Sasha and BWP got an unexpected rest for some reason. I mean, they need to get it. Because they've know? not been doing good and they need to do good. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean this, is, this is really it. You know, um, so Vancouver hasn't done enough on the road for me to think that they pull the upset. Uh, I'm thinking this is like a 2 nothing win for the Red Bulls. I, um, I, I think this is probably your non-differential single-game week pool players. Um, you know, I'll, we'll talk about the rest of them in a second. But BWP, Question Long. I think Warrior's also an interesting option. I've kind of toyed with having him in and out of my lineup um, this week because when he's played, he's been very good and very productive for the Red Bulls. Um, the, the question is whether or not Jesse Marsh rotates him because he hates winning. Um, that, that's really been the only thing for them. But, I mean, at home against a Western Conference opponent, if they're a playoff team, they got to get three points here. I'm going to throw Adams on that list as well as a, as a pretty good option. He yeah. has defensive potential when he's playing in that midfield role. He's got increasingly some offensive potential as well when he's playing more out there on the wing these last two rounds been pretty good for him. I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to say, I think this is a game that Vancouver can afford just to relax on, send out the B team, not the B team, the A minus team. It's a a lot of travel Vancouver to New York city. The next two games that they have to finish up the season, San Jose going to New York city. Are they driving by when on their way to, they're going to New Jersey, (laughs) they're going to New Jersey. Uh, But regardless coming over here to the East, uh, it's a lot of travel. Um, But then they've got San Jose at home and then a short trip down to Portland. So that's an easier schedule travel-wise for me. So I think this is a game they don't need to win it to get into the playoffs that they can afford to be like, you know what, we can chill. We don't got to run ourselves into the ground. And that's just going to play into New York's hand because they have to win and they're going to be coming out guns of firing. So, yeah, I I don't like Vancouver players this week because of that. And uh, you hit with – Adams added to that list you already gave Mike. I think that's a great selection for New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm a, I, I agree that Vancouver is going to rest simply because I don't think they have any reason to rest. I mean, if they want the buy, they've got to go this week. But I mean, still, the, the travel is long enough where I, I think even if they go full force, the Red Bulls should. If, if I mean, if the Red Bulls drop points in this game, it's it's crisis mode. So next game, we have Minnesota versus Sporting Kansas City, both the double game week teams against each other. I, I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game, Mike, uh, a 0-1. to one. Sporting Kansas City is uh, 99% to get into the playoffs. They just need a couple of buys, I think. They just need a couple more points to really secure that. Three points would be good, though. Uh, Minnesota, like I said, 1% chance if everything goes their way. I don't think this would will. Sporting Kansas City has the best away defense in the league and one of the worst away offensive in the league. So I think this is going to be a round where you can just sit back, wait for a counter, trying to get that with Rubio or Shaloy. Um, and also, you know, next round when Zuzi comes back, he's got that red card he's going to have to sit out. So I, I think this is – play conservative, get into the tournament, go from there, and just play for that counter. 
Yeah, I, I can definitely see them play conservative because, I mean, this is going to be a true double game week for Sporting Kansas City. They'll play on yep. the weekend, then they'll play midweek, um, you know, at, at Houston, and then they'll, you know, have to come back because they come back to Houston, right? Or they come back to Sporting Kansas City to, to play Houston. And play Houston again, yeah, which I think that's going to be the easier game, but we'll get that in a second. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you're going to see them conserve, especially this game, because, the, you know, well, at least these two games, because they're not going to have their full complement of players. Uh, we didn't mention that Zuzi red card. I know there's a lot of controversy in Kansas City, so I guess we'll see what Disco does about it. But, I mean, they're missing five players. So I, I don't think that Sporting Kansas City is going to push it. Um, I, I think they're probably going to rotate players in, like uh, Palmer Brown, um, especially, you know, at um, Sporting Kansas, excuse me, at Minnesota, it's a turf field. So I don't think that they're going to push it that hard because they're going to want to make sure that there's no injuries. You know, when they get to Houston and it's grass and against playoff opponents, I, I think you might see a little bit more oomph. But um, in Minnesota, I'm, I'm kind of concerned they just kind of take it easy. You know, I, I, I'm, I mean, looking at Sporting Kansas City defenders, I didn't pick up Hara mostly because I'm assuming he's getting rotated for that Minnesota game. Um, you might. You may look at Palmer Brown though. I think he has filled in uh, the last four times uh, that uh, Beasler's been gone. He has stepped up and played. So I think he's a pretty good lock at getting that center spot. Yeah, I, I, I think he is too. I, I think he's. I think he's definitely a good option this week. Um, you, you obviously you have your Madranda. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a risk because he was kind of rotated in and out. But you know, on a shorter week. He's got a better chance of playing the sixty. Excuse me, the sixty minutes that'll get him the clean sheet. Um, Truth. Now, I mean, up front, you know, Rubio, I, I think is really the only uh, sporting Kansas City attacker you can have a whole lot of confidence in. Uh, you know, Saloy, uh, Blessing's kind of coming back from injury. You're really not sure how much play he's going to get. Um, now, we do have to say, Ily Sanchez is pretty San- dependable. Yeah, uh, he's. I mean, he's like a five, four to five point machine every time in a double game week, especially a weird one like this where you don't have a whole lot of great options. You can take that eight, ten points to the bank. So um, I think he's really interesting. Now we also haven't talked a whole lot about Minnesota. Uh, obviously, this is a tough schedule. You know, Atlanta, at Atlanta, and then Sporting Kansas City. Um, but clearly, you're not going defense with them. <laughs> so. You're, yeah. you're looking offensive players. Uh, I think Ramirez is a good pick. Finley has been pretty good. I think he's either gotten a goal or assist in like five out of the seven or six games he's played with Minnesota, um, especially since I think Minnesota will probably just kind of sit back, which may end up being like a nil-nil if that's Sporting Kansas City because they might just both try to sit back. <laughs> um, but then, you know, another dependable player has been Ibsen. He's been another consistent bonus point machine. And on, on a week like this, I, I think those are like must-haves. Um, so if you're asking for like must-haves, I think you're two. Well, there's really three, but Sanchez and Ibsen are must-haves in midfield, and I think everyone's picking Melia for keeper. Um, maybe you can talk me out of that read, but <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think Sanchez Ibsen. Uh, this is definitely around where those more defensive-minded guys uh, for those teammates could could pay off for you. Yeah, and you got the list that I have, uh, Apara. Maybe Malia, if you're feeling good about a Sporting Kansas City chance. Uh, though you, your question, Opara, I'm going to go Opara slash Palmer Brown. Some combination there could could be good for you, Sanchez, Rubio. So, yeah, yeah. lots of lots. And I mean, of you options. can throw in the Madranda. I think I have a Madranda in right now. Yeah. I may, you know, switch out of that. Maybe I don't ever talk to Blaine. <laughs> you know, um, but. The yawn game, I think, of this round, the Colorado versus Dallas. Um, I'm thinking being being generous, I'd call this Colorado-Dallas game 1-1. Um, Colorado, as we know, is out. Colorado is out of the playoffs. Dallas right now has a 56% chance according to 538. I don't know if I really agree with that. I'm sure their math is right, but I think RSL has a bit better of a chance, especially if things change for Dallas with this substitution thing but uh 1-1-0-0 this is going to be a dull game they dallas has a chance of making it but two of their last three games of this season are going to be on the road and that's not been a place where they've done well i think it's likely that diaz is going to start this round uh, and, and he could come up with some points 
especially with Colorado missing Howard and, and Williams. So a couple of, of starting defensive options right there for them. Still, Colorado is a rough place to play, Mike. So I'm not expecting much from this game at all. Fantasy options for me, two punts. And I don't know if this is a round you really want to be going with punts with, but Diaz and Baji. Yeah, I think this is your game for punts. Um, you know, if you want to do something like Barrios or Rudy, um, I, I think there are some punts a bit. But you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Dallas hasn't been good on the road, and Colorado hasn't been a great place. I mean, Colorado's kind of sneakily gotten better the past few weeks. I mean, they, they got a draw against New York City. They beat Houston on the road. They just beat Montreal at home. Um you know, for, for a team that hasn't looked very good, they've been kind of getting back to that sneaky, what they did last year, which is very defensive, um, pulling, grinding out 2-1, 1-0s, you know, these one-goal games. Um, so I, I don't know that it's such like a bonanza, but if you're looking for differentials, this is where you're going to find them because most people are going to look at that and go, <laughs> So I, I think they here are your defensive places. I mean, this is the place to kind of, make the different moves, you know, maybe get someone in that's part of a switcheroo here. Um, I, I think there are some interesting options. None that are, like, so consistent. You're like, oh, my gosh, you have to have them. But, I mean, you want to go big on, like, a Diaz or someone like that, you know, thinking, oh, you know, something's going to change this week. This is where you throw your dice. Okay, Mike, in the last game for this round, Houston versus Sporting Kansas City. Well, I mean, Houston, I think, is the other team that's bit – you know, so much by international absences. Now this will yeah. be the Wednesday after. So theoretically you could have players get off the plane if they didn't play and fly right back into Houston and play. I, I don't suspect that'll happen for too many players. Um, but I mean, I think Houston's shown that they're not as good without Kyoto um, and, and Ellis and, and the, the players that they're going to be missing for, for international call-ups. So I, I, I think Sporting Kansas City can have success. I mean, this is a rivalry game. Uh, I'm, there's, there's so much rotation with Houston. You, you kind of figure, well, I guess Kubo has to play this time, but he hasn't looked impressive <laughs> for the past few, Not as we know from our fantasy teams last week. No um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, Houston at home has been good, but they haven't been as good at the beginning of the year. Um, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but you know they had so many set piece goals in the beginning, and they were really outperforming their expected goals. Well, it's kind of caught up to them. Plus, teams have kind of figured out how to play them. And Sporting Kansas City is not a team that you're going to go on the counter. Sporting Kansas City is happy to sit back and with the games at hand that Sporting Kansas City has, Sporting Kansas City is more than happy to sit back and grind out a draw on this one. Yep. So um, I, I don't see a whole lot of goals here. I think this tends to be more of a defensive game especially with the absences for houston they don't have those really uh offensive skilled players that are able to unlock the defense so um i mean maybe you could go with like a de la garza you know as if you just wanted like a defensive home team switcheroo i, I don't think you want to have a whole lot of houston players you know i could, I could see kind of going differential with cubo um or or alex or uh, martinez but I just don't think there's a whole lot to love with the absences that Houston has, and they haven't done very well when those players are out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Mike, right there. Uh, for me, no Houston players. And if you're going with Sporting Kansas City, it's the guys you're already going with before from their double other double game week. This is the more important of the two games, I believe, because Houston is closer to Sporting Kansas City in the West. And I think it's actually the easier game, like you were saying, with more people missing – I don't think many players are going to be able to make it back, if any, make it back. So this is the game. You sit back. Again, you sit back, wait for the counter, try to get a goal, maybe leave with a point. If you get a point out of both of these two games, you're still doing really well. And then come back at home, most of your starters back, and take it to Houston there. So I, I think, again, low-scoring game and play for the counter. Okay, Mike, before we move on to our picks, another Reddit question. People want to know who are our favorite differential picks from this round. Well, I think I kind of said, um, you know, Kubo Torres. Um, I, I think he would be a good pick, um, you know, for, for a differential. Um, I, I think from the Dallas game, maybe go Mauro Diaz or Rudy. Um, Diaz had a bit of a stronger game. Uh, I'm trying to remember what he scored. Um, 
fantasy wise this past week, but I, I know he he looked a little bit better this past week. So so that's an interesting option. Barrios, um, assuming he doesn't get like some sort of suspension from the whole uh, red card thing. Uh, yeah, I mean Diaz. Just looking at it, you know, he got um, nine points uh, in the game against Colorado this past week. So two assists, not you know the worst for him. So uh, I can see you going differential. Um, you know what? I mean, if you want to go differential, go Vancouver, go Montero, go um, Reyna or Teixeira, and just kind of roll the dice. You know, I mean, I think there's so few teams you kind of know who the players that aren't going to be picked. So. Vancouver on the road, Dallas on the road, maybe even Colorado at home. I, I think those are going to be far less picked options than, you know, either the double game week teams or, um, you know, Red Bulls at home, Houston at home. So I, I think those are where you're going to be looking for your differentials. Uh, two names for me, my favorite differentials. I like Adams from the Red Bulls this week is a pretty good differential option. Uh, maybe you could do Royer as well, but I like Adams better, more consistent play time. And then also Madronda, like Mike was saying, good chance at probably hitting that 60-minute mark for these two games. Uh, maybe he'll get a 90, but I'm, I, I would hope to get him, you're going for that Madronda effect to get that 60-minute sub out and then have them give up a late goal if that's, if that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm hoping they get clean sheets, but uh, those would be my two favorite differential picks from this round. Now moving on to our regular player picks. Keeper, Mike, who do you like? Well, I, I pretty much just plugged in Milia. Um, I mean, I think they're the best defense. Um, they haven't, you know, I, I know they have two away games, but supporting Kansas City hasn't been as subject to that. And I'm not picking Minnesota's defense to save my soul after what happened uh, last week. So I'm going with Milia. Yeah, it, it has to be a double game with Keeper for me. When it's an option, then that's the only kind of player I want. And so uh, Milia would be my top pick. Uh, after him, I would probably go with Robles. Uh, but yeah, Amelia. I think that's true. I think that's what I would do. Okay, moving down to defenders. Um, I like the Sporting Kansas City option, so I think having a couple of players from Sporting Kansas City is a good bet on your defense. Opara, as Mike said, does have some rotation risks going on, so it might be more of a Palmer Brown, Sesanovic, maybe Madronda. As some of your options there, unless you're just okay with with potentially one game with Opara. So those are some guys to look at. Uh, of course, you had to look at Gonzalez Perez, and like I said, I think New York and uh, Robles are pretty good options. So I got to put Long as well. Like, yeah, I, I like Long. Um, I have uh, Madranda as my Sporting KC defender right now. Um, well, I'm not as high on Opara this week because of the rotation risk. But I, I could definitely see uh, a toyed with Sinovich or Palmer Brown in that spot. Um, as far as the last defender spot, that's where I have my switcheroo right now. I have uh, Gonzalez Perez and De La Garza in a switcheroo, although I might switch out De La Garza as part of the switcheroo. We'll, we'll have to see. Okay. Uh, midfield, Mike, who do you like? Uh, I got four this week. Uh, I have Sasha Kleshin, I have uh, Ily Sanchez, uh, Ibsen, and Finlay. Very nice. Yeah, very similar to mine. Uh, I have Ibsen, Finlay, Sanchez, Assad, and Sasha Question. Mm-hmm. I just don't like – like Diaz is a guy who kind of rattles around in my head because like you yeah. said, he did do well against – it's just I like these guys better. Well, let me ask you, why Assad over Gressel? Because I was thinking about Gressel for, for a while this this morning while I was putting it together. Sure. I, I just like how I see – Assad play. I, I like that attack that he has, just, just the drive and the speed that he brings to the team. And uh, he's gone 60 minutes in the last couple of games. So I think for a single game week, he's probably good for a 90. And he's been a pretty consistent player as far as scoring and assisting goes throughout the season. So I, I just I like his chances. Gotcha. Yeah, he does have a 23-pointer this past, um, he does. The past few rounds. He does. Uh, forwards, uh, this was tough for me, I, I have to say. Um, Ramirez, Rubio, Vialba, and Bradley Wright Phillips are are the ones I'm looking at mostly. Probably going to go with a couple of those guys and then maybe uh, some bench fodder. Yeah, that, those are the th- – I have Rubio, Ramirez, and BWP of 
Villalba is the the first man out for me right now. Um, mostly because I'm just kind of concerned about how exhausted Atlanta's going to be um, since the Red Bulls should be fully rested. But uh, yeah, I think the, I think those are probably your four best picks this week. And then of course you go to Captain. Uh, another one that was that was difficult. I think I'm going to rely upon some of these defensive midfielders this time, looking for that higher floor that some of these players are going to have. And right now, I have it on Ibsen. Um, may go with Sanchez, but but you know, Mike, every now and then, uh, Ibsen has found himself in a pretty good position, and he's he's earned an assist. With that, uh, he's never got a goal, but he's got an assist out of some of those. So I, I have it on him just for that off chance that maybe he could get something. But um, Ibsen is my captain right now. I, I You have the same thinking I did. Um, I, Ibsen, I think he has about the same floor as Sanchez. Um, maybe he's a, not quite as consistent. You know, sometimes he gets some threes, but he has a much higher ceiling. So that that's why I handed him the, the armband as well. Um, you know, it, you don't have, you know, you don't have this classic midfielder that you can really depend on to get passes and key passes. Finley's good, but he's kind of a winger. He really needs that assist or goal. Um, if, if you want to be a little bit more risky, that's where I would put it. But I, I have it on Ibsen for the same reasons you have. There we go. And what about clean sheet chance, Mike? Um, I mean, probably the Red Bulls have, have the best clean sheet shot. Um I could see Sporting Kansas City getting a few. Um, obviously, among the double game week players, Sporting Kansas City is the better choice. Yep, those are the two teams I have. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, I think, has a good chance at a clean sheet and uh, the New York Red Bulls right after them. So, same, same. All right. All right, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to all of these tips and uh, suggestions. I hope they were helpful, and thanks to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, there's some good discussion going on at r slash fantasy MLS. So feel free to go and join in on that. Now we're going to move on to community time, my favorite part of the show. And it's getting interesting now that some of these playoffs have started. So first the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer of the round goes to Matt Nappy, manager of the team King balling FC with a round high score of 188 points. Yeah, not just the fantasy league, but the entire round, 188. Uh, thanks for reaching out to us on Twitter, Matt. So happy that uh, the tips that we've given have been able to help you do so awesome this time. So congrats, man. Claps. Claps for you. Claps. And now the MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon League. No change in the order of who's actually won through whatever, but RJ Gage has fallen in the round of 16. So we have a playoff, guys, and RJ Gage has fallen. So moving into the quarterfinals, Alex Bruni, yes, our very own guest last week, uh, who is just killing it when it comes to the, the fantasy scores top 10 player. He is the, the favorite now in that league, but I'm still around. I'm still around. I had an important win against Mike in the Patreon league this round. So I'm still alive in this final round uh, of the quarterfinal round that we have. And I'm going up against Alex Bruni <laughs> against the Chicken Bucket FC this week. So uh, my my time in the league may be coming to an end, but uh, there's some great players still around here. Mark Prince Metal, one of our big uh, donors right there, Bit Nomad, is is hanging around. He's been on the show as well. So some great guys and, and gals have contributed, and we're so happy. Hope you guys are having fun with that quarterfinal. I now, just want to say, based on you know Reed's philosophy of rooting hard against the team that knocked you out, Alex, I hope you beat Reed by 100. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's fine. I, I get you. Avenge me. Avenge me, Alex. Mike's looking for revenge. I get it. I get it. Uh, now, finally, the hosts head-to-head league, MLS Fantasy Insider Host League. Uh, round 30 was uh, the top 14 players, so we're already in that playoff stage with uh, the host head-to-head league as well. Uh, so from that group, eight now remain, and it was a tough group. So uh, I went up against Phil and just edged him out 127 to 120. Uh, has to infuriate Phil since I think he is one of the highest-ranking players in our league, but it was a squeaker thanks to my switcheroo. 
even closer. Ivan from Fantasy. Oh, I was just going to say, Phil has 320 and 55 points. So, he, I mean, he's one of the top players. Everyone else doesn't have, except for fantasy football 24-7, has like 3,100. Phil didn't make the playoffs in our league. <laughs> that's how competitive this it's league is. It's rough. This is, but it's why I love head-to-heads. It's why I've been yeah. saying it all season. Head-to-heads are great. Uh, Ivan from fantasy football first took on Blaine and edged him out 132 to 130. Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains took on Jason, who I don't know what happened to Jason, if he forgot to set his team or what, but got spanked. 129 to 81. Good job, Tim. Uh, Simon took on Fantasy Football 24-7. And Simon, what were you doing, man? Come on. Good showing. 124 to 135. Fantasy Football 24-7 advances to the quarterfinals. Uh, ben Bear goes up against our very own Andrew Crawlard and lays the smackdown. Ben got the highest <laughs> score in our league this time, um, 167 to 103. So laying down some big pain right there. I am so happy Ben from MLS is going up against Fantasy Football 24-7 next round. So <laughs> great. Good luck. Good luck with that, sir. Uh, Andrew Weeby, meanwhile, got a win. Woo. Got to win against he Mr. Guy Sanchez. So, unfortunately, he was not doing well enough to maintain his uh, his momentum <laughs> into the quarterfinals, so did not qualify. And then, uh, Mike, you had a game against Travis. I mean, there was a game on the schedule. I didn't really show <laughs> up. So, no. Congrats to Travis for whipping It's pretty close. <laughs> I mean, 126 to 113. If yeah, I was, was pretty like, good at the game, this would help. <laughs> pretty close. Well, and that just means in the quarterfinals, I am taking on Travis. Fantasy Football 24-7 is going up against Ben Bear from MLS. Andrew Crawlard is still in it, and he's taking on Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First. And then Blaine is going head-to-head against Jason, who is also still in it after that horrible score that he had. Uh, it's going to be an interesting quarterfinal round, to say the least. That's all that we have for the show today. Mike, do you have any plugs? Uh, and just guess to follow me at, at MLS Rotations, Injury, Internet, International <laughs> Call Ops, News.com. <laughs> whatever Tata's doing. Whatever Tata's doing. Whatever Jesse Marsh is doing. You know, whatever, because MLS. But I mean, I just want to say, like, this week that we have coming up, this is why you play Fantasy MLS. Rotations international call-ups, buys, double game weeks. This is fantasy MLS. Like, if you don't love this this week, you, you're not a real fantasy MLS player. It's, it'd be like a Star Wars fan who doesn't like the Force. This is what hey. it's all about. <laughs> hey, just, just go back to your Premier League and play with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go back to Premier League if you don't like this. Enjoy this week. This is why we play the game. Exactly. Uh, of course, yes, please do check out everything coming up at MLSFantasyBoss.com. The charts are already up. The ELO rankings are going to go up today, if it's Tuesday when you're listening to this. Um, it's a quick turnaround, so not all of the, of the articles may pop up, but please check out what is there. Uh, please also head over to r slash MLS, the Reddit subreddit, and see the, the captain's polls and the Rate My Team threads and any other discussion that you want to start or become a part of, head over there and join that community. It's a great community. Lots of help happens there. And please do check out, I will have a picks article at MLSsoccer.com this week with some of the options that we've covered today, but maybe some different ones. Check it out and see, share it around, spread the love for the game, as Mike has already told us, because this week is why we are playing fantasy, because it's just so fun. So with that, good luck.